All right, that got your attention, didn't it? It got my attention. I didn't know I was going to start that fast. Um, but that's good. That's what VBS, it's loud and unexpected all the time. So that's, that's a great way to kick off VBS and get going that. And, and I have the privilege of sharing kind of a vision about that this, this morning so that we can catch that for this week. And, and I would just encourage you, if you haven't signed up your kids, uh, pre-K through, uh, sixth grade, man, jump on that today. Do that. Um, if you're not signed up to serve and you've got a night or two or five, uh, this week to serve, jump on that. It is life changing, not just for the littles, but for all of us. I'm so glad that we get to have, uh, uh, kids in here this time, and, and that's that's my jam. Those are my people, and so I like having that here. If you see something you like, you're welcome to cheer. Uh, if you hear something you agree with, you're welcome to cheer. It's not a sit quiet kind of service. It's a get excited, get involved, be a part of the service. And there's a whole lot of activities that are going to take place. And this idea of 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 heroes is is uh, you can see the big sign here, Hero Central. That's what it's all about. And and I don't know if you were like me, grow up and superheroes were part of the landscape of growing up, not near what it is today. But for me, when I, when I thought about superheroes, the closest I ever came to being a superhero as a kid, Underoos. Now, I don't know if some of you young kids are like I don't know what Underoos are. Let me tell you, Underoos were basically see superheroes wear their underwear on the outside. I, that's what makes them a superhero, I guess. But um, but but. They would design underwear and a T-shirt to look like the superhero, like it was Superman or Batman or Spider-Man or whatever. And so you had that and it had the colors on it. That was kind of stuff. It was always cool to not wear tidy whities And so you got to wear colored underwear, which was fun. And so that was it. But the people that created it had to be geniuses because it was some parent that was frustrated with their kids not obeying. That's who created it. Because my mom was like, Alan, you take the trash out. I don't want to take the trash out. Take the trash out. I don't want to take the trash out. Put on your Superman underoos. And I put them on. Fly the trash out. Oh, yes, ma'am. And there I go. And I take the trash out. Time to take a bath. I don't want to take a bath. Put on Aquaman. I'm in the tub. Like, that's just, there was genius that, to do that. And, and my underwear got wet, but it was fine. I was in the tub. And so my parents loved that kind of thing. And so that was the closest I ever got to being a superhero. I'd, 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 I don't have the build of a superhero. I'd, maybe Mr. Incredible or something. But uh, that's, kind of, that's kind of my look. But... But there were some growing up as cartoons that were also superheroes. My first one that, that jumped in my mind as I was thinking about this was uh, Mighty Mouse. I don't know you guys ever saw Mighty Mouse. Here I am to save the day, right? So Mighty Mouse was there. Like some of these kids are like, you're dumb. But this was a cool one. Next after that, Underdog. Remember Underdog? Remember that? Speed of lightning, roar of thunder, fighting all who rob and plunder. It teaches you vocabulary. It's just. It's fantastic for that. And then as you become a parent, your kids introduce you to certain superheroes and cartoons like Powerpuff Girls. So like, that was that was. A, yeah, we got some cheers on that. Or even now, Teen Titans Go. We got, there's more superheroes that are there. We have these that that we identify with and we watch the shows and we have fun with it and we do all this great thing. There was one way back in the 80s who took the title of the greatest American hero ever. Remember him? Remember that guy? That guy was a moron, and uh, he didn't know what he was doing at all. But it was a great TV show. It lasted two seasons, so really, really popular. But, uh, but that was what it was. It's interesting, though. We've, we've developed to this point where these superhero movies are a whole new level of everything. I mean, what Avengers has done with Infinity War and Endgame and all that stuff. No spoilers, because I haven't seen it, so I can't spoil it for you. But, uh, but apparently it's a great movie and really long. And so... Um, which is awesome. No one goes to the bathroom for three hours of that movie, but everybody leaves during church. That's just the thought for you. But did you know that 11 of the 22 highest grossing films of all time are superhero films? 
Like 11 of 22. That's amazing to me. And that number is just going to keep growing because they're coming out with more and more movies that continue to break the, the box office records and that kind of stuff. And, and I thought, wouldn't it be cool if we had an opportunity to meet some of these superheroes and kind of talk with them a little bit? So today we're going to meet three of them. So three of these guys are going to be here today for us to get to meet. And first up is the one who kind of started the whole Marvel movie madness guy. Here's his theme song as he comes out. Let's welcome Iron Man to the stage. Welcome Iron Man. Glad, hey, glad to be here. Glad to be falling here. apart a little bit, but that's okay. You can fix it. You can do anything. I'm glad you're here. Now, you haven't always been Iron Man because you basically just grew up as a rich kid. And, uh, and so you had it kind of perfect just as, as with that kind of life, didn't you? Well, not really. I wouldn't say that. I mean, uh, from the outside looking in, it might have looked great, but it really wasn't all the time. My dad was gone a lot, and my mom did the best that she could, but uh, I wanted more than that. You wanted more. You had every possible toy. You had all the best clothes. You got to go anywhere you wanted to go, and you wanted more. What possibly could you want more of? I wanted my dad. I mean, you know, he was gone all the time, building his empire, doing his thing. And, yes, I had all the cool stuff that I wanted except for his presence, his approval, and uh, I really wanted to make him proud of me. Wow. So you definitely kind of see the world differently than most people do in that. And is that kind of what drove you to create all the things you did and the military weapons and all that stuff? Well, I think we can all say the military would be a lot worse off without my help. So you really do think you're the smartest one in the room? In, in, in this room, definitely, for sure. Yes. <laughs> I'd have to agree. I think, what do you think, you're Hamilton or something, the mm -hmm. smartest one. So tell us, how did you become Iron Man and start wearing this costume? How did that happen? Well, I was in the, the Middle East and would be demonstrating some of my new weapons technology, and I got caught in the middle of a firefight and took some shrapnel to the chest. Uh, I was captured by enemies, so... Surgery wasn't an option. I had to come up with a rudimentary suit not only to escape, but to actually I put an electromagnetic uh, piece in, my, in the chest to keep the shrapnel from getting to my heart to prevent it from killing me. And, and I assume this suit has all the bells and whistles, right? Oh, absolutely. Like GPS, Bluetooth, surround sound, Hulu, you, Netflix. You name it. Like you, okay, you got it all <laughs> in there. Um, does it have everything you need? Everything I need to protect myself and keep me safe. So protecting, starting with your heart, though, right? Absolutely. That is the most important thing. I agree. Well, Iron Man, thank you for coming and visiting with us today. Can we say thank you to Iron Man? <laughs> Souvenirs for there on all that. Here's the, here's the deal that I want you to kind of grab about this. Iron Man, cool story and, and great connection to that. But, but if you notice that he did have some struggles, um, mostly he had a heart issue. Now we would say he has a heart issue that's physically driven by that. He's got shrapnel that's coming to be a part of that. And he's trying to protect that. But I would also argue that maybe he had a heart condition that was kind of broken because of the relationship with his parents. So maybe there was an emotional damage to his heart as well. Some relational things that went in there with that as far as, as Iron Man. And he created this suit to protect his heart from killing him, the shrapnel to get there, right? And in Proverbs 4.23, it tells us that above all else, 
guard your heart. It's the wellspring of life. And that's what the scripture says. You think this guy's doing exactly what God wanted to do. Above all else, guard your heart. That's what you're supposed to do. And he's doing a great job of it. He's keeping all that. But here's what he did. He created a temporary solution for a permanent problem. And, and his heart would never be fully protected for the rest of his life. It was dependent on something man-made to protect his heart. And can I argue that this verse that says, above all else, guard your heart, it's the wellspring of life, has more to do with the spiritual side of things than the physical side? I mean, uh, the statistics tell us one out of every one person is going to die. So no matter what we do, the heart's going to stop at some point. But there's more to it than just the physical beating of our hearts. There's a relational aspect, a spiritual aspect of connecting with God in that way. And he created a heart in us. Jesus came and gave an eternal answer to our permanent problem. See, he said, I will give you a new heart. I'm not just going to protect the one you have. I'm not going to make some little device to keep. I'm going to give you a whole new one. And I'm going to make it and it's going to be perfect for you and it's going to be there. And he offers us this new heart because of what he did on the cross. See, he paid for that so that we could have the new heart. That's, that's an amazing and astonishing thing for me, for him to be able to have that, that situation that, that takes care of him so well. And Iron Man, as great as he is, has these flaws. He, he struggles with that. And, and, and I don't know all of his story. I know there's more that happened in the movies and, and people make stuff up about it all the time. But I do know that his greatest concern was his heart. And we would do well to think about our hearts. Do we guard our heart above all else? Do we think about that with the places we go and the things that we view online and the relationships that we have? Are we guarding our hearts physically, spiritually and emotionally? Because God has invested a lot in that new heart for you. Now, we have another uh, person that's going to come out here. And uh, this guy has been the focal point of 13 different movies, uh, which is pretty amazing to me and, and has been around for a long time. Let's see if you know who he is right here. Let's welcome Batman to the stage. Well, good morning. How are you? I'm Batman. Not who are you, how are you? Okay, so you're Batman. We got that. So how did you become Batman? But isn't that why you came today? So that we could talk about you and, and how you got here and all that? Isn't that what we did? Okay, well, those are cool and all. But, but we want to know what happened to make you Batman. Like, did you grow up liking bats? Okay. As a kid, I was walking with my parents one night and a situation happened and they ended up getting killed. I was scared. And I knew I couldn't live the rest of my life being scared. So I created something that scared bad guys more than bad guys scared people. And that thing was bad. So I figured a Batman would be scared of bad guys. I don't want anybody to live the way that I have to live. Well, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to hear about that. Have you, have you found the people responsible for this? No, but I will. And when I do... Okay. Um, So I'm guessing it's this anger and revenge that's kind of driving you? Absolutely. That's what makes me Batman. Okay. Well, is there any scenario out there that you would forgive these people? 
Okay, this has gotten dark. Um, well, before you leave, since you want to talk about it, let's talk about this. What's your favorite bat gadget then? Well, the bat would be the most awesome, but speaking of gadgets, the one that's been there for me whenever I needed it was the bat shark phone. I only had to use it once, but it never has problems with sharks again. Okay. And uh, and I hope you, you never do. Bats don't do so well in water. Um, can we say thank you to Batman? We wish you well, my friend. Thank you, Batman. <laughs> ah, the Batman. And uh, the Dark Knight, right? He's the, the darker one. He's the one that's in the shadows and, and the one that does all this. And he does a lot of good, but we can see even in this moment, he's fueled a lot by anger, by revenge, by unforgiveness. Like these are the things that would define his drive. These are the things that define why he does what he does and, and wanting to do all that. And, and that's, that can't be the fuel and the motivation that we live by. Unforgiveness, you probably heard this before, unforgiveness is like drinking poison, expecting the other person to die. See, we, we, we do that. We, we beat ourselves up hoping that it'll hurt someone else. And all we're doing is, is hurting ourselves. By, by the unforgiveness, by the anger, by the revenge that's there. And, and here's the deal. Every single person in here has been hurt in some way. Somebody has hurt us. Something has hurt us. Something has caused us to feel disappointment, frustration, anger, sadness, all the emotions that we have. And we have a choice on how we're going to respond to it. We can respond with the dark side and live out of anger and hate and revenge and all of that. Or we can choose to forgive. And that's a difficult thing to do because there's a cost with that. My father says in Hebrews 9:22, without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So Jesus stepped in and paid that price. He said, I will shed my blood. There's not enough animals in the world to cover all the sin that we've committed, to cover all the unforgiveness, to cover the hurt, to cover the anger, to cover those things. So Jesus stepped in and said, if there's the shedding of blood is required for the forgiveness of sin, then I will shed every drop I got. And he willingly got on the cross. To pay that price for us so that we don't have to walk around angry. We don't have to walk around bitter. We don't have to walk around with revenge in our hearts. We can walk around with hope because of who Jesus is. We can walk around with that. My, my question is this. Who do you need to forgive or who do you need to ask forgiveness of? What is that thing that you're carrying around that's, that's causing division, that's causing hurt, that's causing anger, that's causing frustration, that's leading to more and more choices that end up hurting more people? God doesn't want that. And, and, and to forgive someone doesn't ever mean that what they did is okay. Hear me on that. That doesn't make what they did okay, but it gives you permission to no longer let that be the primary thing in your head. It no longer rules your thoughts. It no longer takes control of that. Batman can't let it go. Batman hangs on to it and it drives him. And maybe there's some good that comes out of it. But in the end, it's hurting himself. It's hurting himself. And that's not how God designed us to be in that. So think about that idea of unforgiveness that's there. So one more person that we are going to interview today, probably the most famous of all superheroes uh, that have ever come out there. And so see if we can pick out who this is right here. Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, a 
up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Super. Superman, ladies and gentlemen. Superman. It's Superman. I want to take a selfie. Um, but I won't. But I'm glad you're here. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you. It's good to be out here, not backstage, but in the back. Hey, I just have to tell you this. I used to wear your underoos. <laughs> and I'm wearing your socks. I'm a big fan. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be, that'd be fantastic. All right. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Like, where'd you come from? How'd you get here? Tell us about you. I'm from the planet of Krypton. My planet was dying. We were out of resources, so my parents sent me here. So you landed here and had to figure out how to live here. How'd you figure that out? I was told to try and fit in. I was told that nobody will like you if you're different, so try to be like everyone else. Hmm. I can't help who I am. I can't help that I want to help people. And we appreciate that a lot. You have helped many people on that. It seems like there's nobody that, that you won't help. Is there, is there anybody that you don't like? I'm not a fan of bald people. <laughs> Moving on. <clears throat> As we saw at the beginning, you're faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive. You can leap tall buildings in a single bound, and people think you're a bird or a plane. You're, you're all of those things. Do you have any weakness at all? Kryptonite. Why kryptonite? It's a rock that takes away my strength and abilities. It makes me vulnerable. So I have to watch out for that. There's a lot of enemies out there that want me gone. Which is why you don't trust bald guys. Exactly. <laughs> well, I appreciate you trusting me enough to come and have this visit today, and good luck with all you do. Can we give it up for Superman right here, ladies and gentlemen? And some of you are like, man, that was awesome. I want to take a picture with them. Okay, after the service, they're going to come here and the kids can come around, or adults, um, can come around and we'll do group picture, not individual picture, group picture, um, with them afterwards on that. But, but that's fun. That's fun to get to see these guys real and in person here with us and, and to talk with them and, and ask them some questions and hang out with this kind of stuff. Now, one of the questions I know is coming through your heads right now. It's like, well, yeah, that's great. You had Iron Man, you had Batman, you had Superman. Where's the girl superheroes? Why don't you bring a girl superhero, right? It's because their costumes are not appropriate for church. So I'm just guarding your heart is what I'm doing with that. So uh, that's, that's the reason why. Appreciate girl superheroes, but we're just not going to look at them in church. And, uh, and that'll be great. But um, with, with, uh, with Superman that we're, we just kind of talked to right there, it's, it's amazing about him that as good of a guy as he is, and as, as great of a superhero as he is, he's very aware of kryptonite. He's very aware of when it's going to show up in his life or where it's going to be. And so when it does, he has to take some action on that. Because he knows that there is a deadly consequence if kryptonite stays in his presence too long. If kryptonite is there all the time, it's going to, it's going to affect him in that way that's there. Here's the deal. We have kryptonite too. We just call it sin. See, sin is our kryptonite. It has a deadly consequence because the wages of sin is what? Come on, talk to me. The wages of sin is what? Death. We know that. We're aware of that. But are we still playing with it, hoping it doesn't hurt us? 
Are we still walking around too close to it and letting it be a part of our life? And we call it different things. Temptation, addictions, frustrations, whatever you want to call it. Too often we treat it like a toy instead of a death agent. And we've got to be aware of that. Maybe more aware of that. Because the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, his son. Like that's what he offers us in this. And the wages of sin is death for that. And we have hope in this. John sixteen thirty three. Every superhero has their little phrase. Here I am to save the day or whatever's going on. This is Jesus's phrase. He says, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. There is nothing in this world that we can face that Jesus cannot overcome. There's nothing. Kryptonite Superman can't overcome that. The anger, the revenge, the, the stuff that Batman says, he can't overcome that. Iron Man can't overcome what's going on in his heart. See, there's flaws in these guys, but we have elevated them to superstar status. And, and when I think about it in, in my own growing up days, and probably yours as well, I don't know any kids that had posters of Jesus in their bedroom. But we have Superman and Batman because it's okay to worship them. And I'm not saying it's bad to celebrate. I'm not saying it's bad to watch the movies. Hear me, I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is if we elevate Superman above Jesus, we're missing it. We're missing it because they're not God. There's actually a story in Scripture that, that gives us some, some insight to this. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 14. Acts chapter 14 is where we're going to start. And, and when I think about these guys that we just interviewed, so Batman and Superman both live in New York City. And they're helping to save that city, and then they get in fights with each other sometimes, apparently. And so they have that. Iron Man has a house out in California. None of those people are close to Round Rock, Texas. And I don't care if we throw a cry or a bat signal or a cry for help, whatever it is. They're not going to get here very quick. They're not going to be here by the time our need needs to be met. See, they are limited in what they can do. They're limited in where they can be. They're limited in that. They may have some special powers or they may have been able to do something that impresses us. But the bottom line is they can't get here. They're great for a city or a person. But what about the world? Acts 14, chapter 8. In Lystra, there sat a man who was lame, which means he couldn't walk. He had been that way from birth and had never walked. He listened to Paul as he was speaking. He listened to, to Paul as he was speaking. Paul looked directly at him, saw that he had faith to be healed and called out, stand up on your feet. At that, the man jumped up and began to walk. What? Like they're there in this city and there's this lame guy who's been there since birth. It's not a plant. They didn't bring him with him and say, hey, we're going to say this, get healed. Then you get up. No, this is somebody they knew had not been able to walk since he was born. And he's just laying there and he couldn't do anything about it. He had hope. He longed to get better. He wanted to get better, but he wasn't able to do that. Then Paul shows up and be able to speak to him and says, stand up on your feet. And he gets up and he starts walking. Whoa, this is amazing. This is a really cool thing that happened. Look at the response. Verse 11. When the crowd saw what Paul had done, they shouted in the Lyconian language. The gods have come down to us in human form. Look, it's a superhero. That's what they're saying there. Hey, look, look what he did. He healed this lame guy. It's a superhero. The gods have come down to us and become human. Look how they respond. See, now for me. If that was me in that situation and they went, hey, look, a God has come down. Let's let's do all this great stuff for him. 
I'd be like, yeah, do all this great stuff. This is awesome. Like, I would be eating that up. But here's how Paul and Barnabas. Barnabas, uh, they called Zeus, and Paul they called Hermes because he was the chief speaker. The priest of Zeus, whose temple was just outside the city, brought bulls and wreaths to the city gates because he and the crowd wanted to offer sacrifices to them. They wanted, to, they wanted to worship these guys. They wanted to put them on the posters on their bedroom wall. They wanted to spend all their money to go see a movie. They wanted to spend all of this stuff. They were willing to make whatever sacrifice they needed to to please these superheroes. And Paul and Barnabas had a choice to make how they're going to respond. Verse 14. But when the apostles Barnabas and Paul heard of this, they tore their clothes and rushed out into the crowd shouting, Friends, why are you doing this? We too are only human like you. Look, what we're doing, we didn't do it. We're just human like you. But there's somebody that is worthy of your worship. There is somebody that can do these things. And it's God that can do them. There is a real real God who's not Zeus, who's not Hermes, who's not any of these people. He is God Almighty. And He does stuff through us for you. That's what He does. And that's all that happened. Do not call us God. Why are you doing this? I don't want the credit. I don't want the glory. And then he goes on to tell them, um, we are bringing you good news, telling you to turn from these worthless things to the living God who made the heavens and the earth and the sea and everything in them. Like, no, don't worship us and don't worship the gods that you were worshiping. They're worthless, too. Quit putting man-made things on the throne of your life. Quit making them the most important thing. The most important thing is God Almighty. Don't forget who He is. We're only doing what we do because He told us to. He's doing it, not us. And then they close it out. In the past, He let all nations go their own way, yet He has not left Himself without testimony. He has shown kindness by giving you rain from the heavens and crops in their seasons. He provides you with plenty of food and fills your hearts with joy. He meets you physically and spiritually and emotionally. He meets you where you are and gives you what you need. There's no better God than that. Matter of fact, it's not a God if all He does is give you what what you want. A true God gives you what you need. And God did that. He knew that they needed their crops. He did it. He knew they needed joy in their hearts. He did it. He knows that we need hope that's bigger than this planet. He sent it in Jesus. See, that's what he did. That's what he continues to do. And yet we've made all these other people, these superheroes that are here. And they, they did this not in their own strength, but in the strength of God. And, and there's some things that we can learn through this and these interviews and this here. And I want to point just a couple of those things out and then, then we'll wrap up. So I want you to, to grab this thought here. Number one is this. Parents matter. Parents matter. If you look at these three guys, all three of them had issues with parents. Whether it was an absent dad who was gone all the time and a mom who was overwhelmed. Or whether it's parents that died when they were little, when Batman was little. Or, or, or whether Superman, who his parents sent him away for his own good. Like, there's parents. Stuff. Parents have influence and they have impact. And it's going to be for good or it's going to be for bad. How are we influencing our kids, parents? What are we pointing them to? What are we showing them that's the most important thing? What is it that we value above all else? Because that's what they're going to value above all else. What is it that we talk about when we walk along the road, when we get up, when we lie down, when we just did this family commitment right here? It says when you get up and walk along the road and lie down, it's, it's as you do life. What are the things that you talk about? If you only talk about Jesus on Sundays, then Jesus is one-seventh of their life. That's not how it's meant to be. He's meant to be our life. 
So what are we influencing our kids towards? Not about being perfect. Hear me. God knew we weren't going to be perfect. That's why he sent Jesus to pay the price for our sins so that we could pursue him. We pursue what's perfect. We make progress. Are we more like Jesus today than yesterday? This week than last week? This month than last month? This year than last year? Are we more like Jesus? That's the goal. Are we putting that? So number one, parents matter. And then number two is this. Jesus is the hero of all heroes. We, we cannot put anything above him. And that's, that's number one of God's top ten list. You'll have no other gods before me. But yet we do. We do. And we don't like to admit it, but we do. I don't like to admit it. I don't like to admit that if I were to check my time and what I spend my time doing, how much of it does Jesus get? Then I'm paid to work for Jesus. Right? Like, that's it. And so we have to be careful in our choices on that because Jesus is the hero of all heroes. He has no weakness. He has no kryptonite. He has no parent issues. He's got the best dad ever. And you know what? He's our dad too. So we have the best dad ever. Like, that's pretty phenomenal to me that he does that. He's given us a new heart for the deposit for eternity. That's what he's given us in there. And our heart becomes his home. So here's the deal. All these superheroes, they go put a costume on the outside and become someone they're not. Jesus says, I will come live inside of you and transform you into my image. That's where change happens. It doesn't happen because you change clothes. That doesn't change who you are. It's what's on the inside that changes who you are. And Jesus says, I don't want to come and cover you up. I want to come take you over. I want to come jump inside you and live in you. Live through you. That's what he wants. We want power. He has the greatest power. He's not, he can leap tall buildings in a single bound. He's faster than anything. He's stronger than the Hulk. He's everything you would ever need. He beat death. If he can beat death, there is no enemy that we can face that he cannot defeat. We have that power. And it says in Philippians, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. Well, yeah, you do. We all want to know the power of his resurrection. You know how you get it? Through the fellowship of suffering and his death. You don't get resurrection power without something dying. So what needs to die? You. Me. I've been crucified with Christ. That's a death. Therefore, I no longer live. It's Christ that lives in me. And the life I live is not for me, but it's for him. That's superpower. That's superhero. The greatest hero of all time is the hero of heaven. It's the one that came down from a perfect place to an imperfect place to love an imperfect person and be willing to take, take me on as this project that has no hope whatsoever. And he says, I got you, Alan. He came inside of me because I asked him to, and now he lives in me. Do I still make mistakes? All the time. I'm the worst sinner in this whole room. But I have a Savior that won't give up on me. I have the hero of heaven that fights for me every day. And he's sitting on the, the right hand of his father saying, don't give up on Alan. He's a knucklehead. Don't give up on Alan. And he's doing it for you too. But is he your hero or is he just your church time guy? Because if all he is is someone to talk to on Sundays, you're missing it. And we're all missing it. And this week at VBS, we get to go deep in this idea of who the real superhero is and how we have contact with him. He doesn't live in New York or California. He lives here among us. He is omnipresent, which means he's everywhere all at the same time. Do we have them? His power beat death. First John 4, 4. This is it. You, dear children, are from God and have overcome them. Why? Because the one that is in you is greater than the one that's in the world. That's a great verse, but do you believe it? 
Do you really believe that he that's in you is greater than he that's in the world? Because if you don't believe it, it ain't going to matter. He can offer it to you all day long. But if you don't believe it to be true, you're not going to experience the power that he's offering to you. And it is so much better than anything you see in the movies. It is so much better than anything you saw on the stage. So much better than that. So what I want to do is join together and celebrate the hero of heaven. So the band's going to come up here and they're going to get ready. Now, this is going to get a little bit loud and that's okay. That doesn't give you a reason to not respond. Because you have a choice right now. I'll pack up my stuff and I'll get going. I'll get to the restaurant. I'll get... Stop. No. Let's stay here and celebrate this hero of heaven. If he is who he says he is, he's done what he said he's done, and he's going to do what he says he's going to do, let's celebrate that hero of heaven. If you've never met him, if you've never had that relationship with him, come talk to someone. Come today. Let today be the day that you tap into that power. That you allow Jesus to come be the hero of your life. The hero of your, of your story. Let him do it. Or maybe there's, there's unforgiveness that you're dealing with. It's like, man, I, I, I can't ever get over that. I can't give. Today you can. The kryptonite of your sin, Jesus is the antidote. Come and confess. If we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And I looked up the word all, the Greek and the Hebrew. It means all. Everything. Come. Come meet with Jesus. Come let someone pray for you. Don't walk out the same way you walked in. Please. The hero of heaven has conquered the grave. He's broken the chains. He's set us free. And he is worth celebrating. But he's also worth doing business with. So don't stick your hands up with your heart being hard. Open your heart today. Come. Don't let your pride get in the way. Come. Let someone pray with you, for you, over you. Because the prayer teams are going to be available here in just a second. I'm going to pray and then we're going to respond. God, we thank you that you sent the ultimate hero in Jesus for us. 